Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and this is the show where I bring to life the true failures, the true successes, and the true learnings from recruiters and recruitment business owners. My mission is for this podcast to become the place for recruiters to learn from others and to give a real insight into what it's like to work in the industry so those considering a career in recruitment know exactly what they're getting into. Welcome to the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz, and today I'm um, very excited to have Katie Maycock in, who is a anxiety and digestive health specialist. Now yes. it. And Katie has very kindly just come back, I'll make sure my phone's switched off, is um, just did a 30-minute talk to um, everyone at Hoxo, which we really enjoyed, so thank you. You're welcome. And um, obviously, yeah, we're going to jump on and, and have a, a podcast session. And as I was telling you, where I always, always like to start is um, how you got into recruitment, which is um, obviously <laughs> a, a, the start of your career, or yeah. kind of. But how did you get into recruitment? So I came into recruitment um, when I was... I think I was around 23, but I had been running my own business for around three years. I was actually a nutritionist before that, um, running a business out of a gym and I wanted to get into corporate. I wanted to Mm. evolve my skills and I decided that corporate sales would be a really good place to go Mm because I have family members in sales. And and as I was going for sales jobs, I somehow came across recruitment and ended up going into recruitment. I think someone's like, you could be a really good recruiter. I was like, oh, okay. And then off I went. So did you have any perception of recruitment? Or like, no idea what it was. Really? I just got, hey, you can earn six figures. Off I was going to say, how, how do people yeah, sell it to you? Was it that? You're going to earn six figures. You'll earn like yeah. 100K in your first year. And um, yeah, like just, it's a really like lucrative kind of yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. It's a really lucrative job. So as a 23 year old wanting a bit more sales experience, I was like, this sounds great. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that is very similar to me. <laughs> it was, um, for me, it was, yeah, I wanted to expand on my sales skills. I didn't have face to face skills. It was, I was selling insurance. It was, very transactional yeah and I wanted to yeah get more consultative and all those skills but also my friend um did tell me that I was going to be able to earn six figures in the first year which didn't happen <laughs> um but yeah so I guess let, let, let's just sort of start there and then we'll dive into sort of your more recent yeah. well I know you've been on the whole journey but we'll dive into uh, what I'm really excited to talk about but let's talk a bit about recruitment because um yeah. you was an okay recruiter weren't weren't you I was from right, your story yeah <laughs> when I first started I uh had some, my first year was pretty, pretty good. I actually yeah. was, I was all right. I hit the ground running, but I used the belief system that no one had any belief system in me. And I was like, I'm going to prove you all Yeah, yeah. so you had a chip <laughs> on your shoulder. I had a chip on my shoulder. Where did that come from then? Was it just people like did, doubted you and yeah. didn't? And so that drove you. You hear that so often though, don't yeah, you? Yeah, but that, it that was one of those things. There was literally no expectations on me to do well. So yeah. I was just like... Oh, you're all going to sleep. Like, off you go. I'm going to go do my own thing. And because I was really driven and really resourceful, I found niches in the market that we weren't, the company wasn't tapping into. And so I tapped into them. And then I ended up just finding a niche, but also getting into companies in a really different way. So it was just, yeah, it was just a different experience. Fair enough. Well, let's talk a bit about that. I know it probably seems like a lifetime away, but the majority of people that listen to this um, are recruiters. So I guess if you did have a good first year, and I know there's a whole Mm -hmm. story off the back of that that it ended up actually damaging your own health Mm -hmm. and those things, but besides using stress as a driver and all these things, like 
what what did you looking back why did you think you was so successful was it you just wanted to point everyone wrong or how did you end up was that just natural to you to mm-hmm. basically approach it in a different way and see the have a keen eye for these niches and things like that like how yes. did that happen so my mindset when I went into recruitment was there was zero expectations on me so yeah. I had any opportunity in to do well so for yeah. me I was just like I'm going to find an area that we're not tapping into. I'm going to look out different places to do marketing and to do business. I was lucky enough to have great managers and great nice. directors that so was like, go mentors. do your own thing. Oh, really? Yeah, they just like, gave just, you loads of autonomy. Yeah, they gave me so much autonomy. And I work really well under autonomy really? as well, which was really good. I mean, I actually worked remotely. So really? my company was based in Sydney um, and I was based in Melbourne. I was only recruitment consultant in that company. How did you negotiate that? They wanted someone in Melbourne. And oh, okay. they were probably looking for more of a qualified recruiter. Yeah. But then normally you have along, an experienced person. Yeah, no. They were like, you'll be right. You're going to do completely fine. So really? I moved up to Sydney for the first three months for training. And then I just moved to Sydney and I was in a little office by myself. And I think it was just because I had no distractions and I just went for it. I was going to say, how did you deal with that? That's hard. That's hard. That's not easy. Cause no. <laughs> that, that's one of the biggest challenges when... <clears throat> people who are successful in recruitment and they've always want to start their own recruitment business, they then end up recruiting in their back garden and the shed and it's they no longer have the office and the banter and these things. Yeah. Like, how did you deal with that then? Um, I think I just threw myself into really? work. Um, I did occasionally... Put the blinders on. I just put the blinders on. Um, I also just really wanted to prove that I could be successful. Yeah. Like, I was really driven just to be successful. So, and everyone was like, oh, you're not going to make a placement like in your first year. Like, yeah. don't worry about it. And I was like... Don't you doubt me? <laughs> and so um, I think that drove me. I also wasn't, I did have someone in the office with me, but they were from a different recruitment agency, but they were very rarely in. So I did yeah. have someone maybe one day a week or two mm. days a week. Um, but I think it was tough, but I just kind of got used to it. I really? ended up, I didn't have any distractions. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I literally true. had no distractions except for myself when I was like, well, I might as well just work. Like, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure there were some real tough times through that period. Mm-hmm. Like, did you, was there any, how did you end up dealing with those, with those days back then? Because that, that's oh, one of yeah. the biggest things. Because I'm sh- like, there's loads of days where I thought I'm going to quit. This isn't for yeah. me, all those things. So especially when you're on your own. So how, how did you deal with those types of scenarios? So quitting for me doesn't come naturally. So okay. I like the first thought in my head is never to quit. It's just like, I'm usually really frustrated. So I'd either leave the office and just be like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm nice. going to take a deep deep breath or whatever um i did have really good support even though they were based in sydney i had a great manager who oh, really? i could call um and because i was the only person down there she i called her and was just like hey look i'm just having a rough time yeah yeah whatever and could talk it out with her but um if i you know there was obviously in recruitment there's always going to be ups and downs it's, yeah, it's yeah. a roller coaster it really is yeah, like yeah, yeah. your your um podcast name is perfect for yeah recruitment. it really is yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah no i just balanced it through um making sure i got enough time at the gym and all those kind of things Mm. as well just like if I had a really bad day and I couldn't make that placement or my candidate dropped out and like when they were meant to be signing the contract um I'm like so I just go (laughs) like um knock it out in the gym and just get that frustration off so how long was your recruitment I can't remember yeah so I was in and out of recruitment because I went in then I got sick and then um left it and then came back in so I'm gonna say on and off around three to four years okay so yeah Cool. So let, let's dive into, so basically, like I'll let you obviously tell the story. Mm-hmm. 
keep it as as full as possible it's yeah. up to you but obviously so so obviously yeah so you had that had that career mm-hmm. and that as you said so who who was you trying to prove wrong was it just your colleagues or was there just more to everyone, it than that everyone everyone where did like, that come from so it started off as a kid so okay. when I was in year 10 to be fair I was the worst student like you, okay. if I literally nearly failed school they were yeah, like yeah. trying to get rid of me in year 10 they were like okay Katie you're gonna fail year 10 so I think you need to leave and do a trade I'm like mm. No, I'm yeah. going to prove you wrong. When I'm someone's trying to tell you what to do. Yeah, someone's trying to tell me. That's probably what it is. It's like, really? Yeah, you, I'm going to tell you what to do. But also, you know, I think there was also an aspect where I, you know, a lot of people didn't believe in me. And I was just like, well, I just want to prove you all wrong. Like, believe in me. And then yeah. I think my parents were like, I don't know if you're going to get into university. And I was like, oh. I was going to say, there must be your family part as well. <laughs> yeah, <surely. laughs> I was like, oh, you don't think I'm getting into uni? Oh, okay. Yeah, so I got yeah, into yeah. uni, got into the degrees that I wanted. And then they didn't think I was going to finish it. I was like, oh, you don't think I'm going to finish it? Yeah. Not only so you just always had that in you, basically. Yeah, it's. I think it's when anyone doubts me, um, yeah, just, just don't, just don't, because yeah. I'll prove you wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. personality in me, but yeah. I love that. So, <clears throat> as you said when you were talking earlier that, obviously, yeah, you was using that to power you, obviously, mm-hmm. but obviously also what was involved with that, because you was diving yourself in there, you was on your own, all, the, all these, you was experiencing all these experiences, it actually led to a lot of stress and mm-hmm. um, health problems and things like that, and then obviously reached the tipping point at three or four years later on where... Yeah. You're just like, holy fuck, what, what the hell is yeah. going on? Well, it was a roller coaster, really. Um, it was just up and down the whole time when I was in recruitment. And even when, it, even when I left recruitment, I still, I still had created those structures about, you know, using stress as a, as a fuel and using it as a driver to move me forward. And I'd seen so much success from it that I yeah. just assumed the only way to get to, to, get to success was to using... To be stressed, to experience those experiences, yeah. You know, use the pressure to urge you forward and although there is some rational thinking why that's okay um it's not it sustainable my health. it's not sustainable but i tried to sustain it as long yeah. as i could um and i really ended up so when you so when it. you because i think that's that's a key point there so you was trying to sustain it as much as yeah. you could so what was the typical like self-dialogue was it like oh i'm okay like now this is just normal yeah. and you're feeling like this like because it must have just because mm-hmm. i'm i'm sure the people you speak to now is like they make it they obviously come up with excuses yeah. or rationalize it as yeah. you said so like was so it, it was just my rationalization a, really? of it <laughs> so yeah. it's just a constant self-dialogue and actually mm-hmm. no this is normal like to feel like this to do yeah. that so build up. one of my biggest statements to myself um especially when i was getting sick and i was seeing doctors they were like oh you're stressed and anxious i'm like yeah, but like that's just part of who I am. Yeah. Like that's just my that's a personality trait. Like and that was just, locked in in your mind. That, that was, was locked in, in was, your thought process. That yeah. was your subconscious. That was that was that is. I've always been highly strong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why why okay. is it a bad thing? I've it's yeah, never yeah. been. Why is that a problem? Issue. Yeah. What? Yeah. I was really defensive. I was I was also in denial for a very really? long period of time. Yeah. When anyone's like you're stressed and anxious, I'm like. No, I'm not. And I'd be really aggressive at really? them. I'm just like, yeah, okay. Like when I look back and I'm like, Ugh, of course yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, anxious. Yeah. But it was, um, a lot of the dialogue was like, this is who you are. This is what makes you successful. This yeah. is, you've seen success from it. You've got to keep using it. Mm. Um, anytime I tried to slow down or my body was like, hey, put the brakes on. Um, it was like, no, you've got to push no, no. through. You've got to push through. You've got to push through. Really? And I did it until I pretty much couldn't get out of bed. So Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about that then. Yeah. So. Because I think, yeah, I think everyone in today's world has experienced a time where they have those that self-dialogue and they speak mm-hmm. to themselves and those things. I definitely have. So talk, talk to, to us a bit about the meltdown. Yeah, so for me, it was never really a mental meltdown. It was actually a complete physical. Yeah, so physical meltdown. So yeah. it was physical. Um, so it 
for me, it was when I actually fully stopped. So my first year in recruitment, I had done really well. I went on holidays and the first day of my holiday, I just couldn't get out of bed. It was, it was four days straight where I struggled to get out of bed. I was sleeping. What does that actually feel like? What do you mean by that? Like it just just hurt and and it was, it was such an exhaustion that I, if you haven't felt it, it's so really hard to describe, but yeah, it's yeah. painful in a way. You're like, to even go to the toilet or to get out of bed to have a shower, you're just like, I just don't think I can. Yeah. Um, was, it also, was it also like you didn't want to, if you get what I mean? So no, I you've got the physical. Oh, really? So it wasn't like the mental <laughs> yeah. going, you know, fuck that, I can't be arsed. No, and your physical. It was, so it's actually just a physical, like, literally. It was my physical, my body just started giving up. Fair on enough, me fair Because my mindset was, I mean, I was in Fiji at this time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah, I wanted to go outside. Yeah, I wanted yeah, to be yeah. experiencing the weather. Um, but I just, it was so tough. Like if I did get out of bed and I forced myself, it was, it was like I was dragging my feet. It felt like I was made out of lead. It was just so, it was just, it was horrible. And I I had like, I couldn't focus. I couldn't concentrate. I felt like I was in a dream in a way. Um, so yeah, that was the first four days of my holiday. Okay. And then, and then it just started from there. This is when the the crack started to show as you said. Yeah. The crack started to show then. I think that was one massive crack. I'm sure that there was like signs and symptoms prior to that, but it didn't. Well, you just pushed it back. I pushed it back. I didn't really focus on it. So, um, I had a couple of stomach issues, but Nothing that was really that bad. But then when I was on holidays, that's when all the stomach issues came, yeah, kicked yeah. in. Um, and my you know, digestive tract just went to hell. So yeah. For me, obviously we were talking about it before we started, but for me, they're like, I, there's nothing I hate more than being bloated. Yep. And like, I, I actually like despise it. Mm-hmm. And when I have, like I, I do, have, I don't know, maybe you, you'll share, elaborate a bit more on this, mm-hmm. but... Like, I, I feel like my stomach's quite sensitive mm-hmm. when I eat certain... Like, I just eat and I can, I can get a stomachache quite quite easily. Yep. Um, so I can't eat... Like, I know I hate that I hate having, like, stomach stomachache. Yep. So to have one where literally you don't feel like you can physically move, mm-hmm. that, that would literally be, like, hell to me. Yeah, so I was bloated pretty much the whole time and I never really thought about it. Like, really? being bloated was just a normal feeling. It's oh, like... I feel, I'm full. Well, yeah, I just assumed I was full, so I've always yeah. had that. Like yeah, even yeah. as a, even as like a teenager, I had that, so it mm. wasn't anything out of the ordinary for me. Yeah. Um. So, but it just got it just got worse. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it just yeah. got to the point where everything I ate, it was like I was allergic to. I'd have yeah, some yeah. kind of reaction to it, whether that was hives. I got hives a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um. I got bloated, or I would actually get quite sick from it. Yeah, so. Yeah. So basically, so that happened, and then <clears throat> and then was that when you went on the whole self exploration of like, okay, mm-hmm. well, what the hell's wrong with me? How do I solve this? Those, yeah. That, and yeah. It wasn't that quick. Okay. Um, I actually was in denial for a really long time. I so was, when you say in denial, you just didn't think anything was wrong with you? Well, I thought there was... I was looking in the wrong spot. So okay. I assumed that I had picked up some random, non-existent, no one had heard of bacteria in some random place. I really? thought I had this illness that just no doctor had seen before. Yeah. And they were all missing it and they just didn't understand why I had it. So I assumed I'd had, like, I assumed I had some kind of stomach bug that they just didn't know what it was. I thought it was a parasite. Um, And I kind of focused on that. I got tunnel vision on that for a couple of years. Really? So Um, was you still working? I I had to quit. On and off? uh, On On and off, off. yeah. I was pretty sick after a while and um, my stomach issues just got progressively got worse. But when I quit, I felt better. But when I went back into work, it got worse. So I kind of, but I still So you'd get better and you'd be like, right, okay, I'm back ready for work now. And you get back into work and you'd last a couple of months. Yeah, and then I was sick again. So um, yeah, it was really like one of those situations where... It was, I, I, and I tried every diet as well. Like that was the thing. Like I'm a nutritionist by trade. So yeah. I was like, 
I will fix this holistically. I've done all yeah. the Western medicine. Now let's do the holistic side. And <laughs> I went on the vegan diet. I yeah. went vegetarian. I like went raw vegan. I tried everything, everything that you, yeah. you can think of. And I just progressively got worse. Really? Yeah. So. Okay. So basically, and you was also obviously looking for an external answer to be like, right, this is what's wrong with you. Yeah. Cause it's easier, it, yeah. right? Like yeah, if yeah. you can find something that's wrong with you, like a parasite or a gut yeah, bug yeah. or something like that, you're like, oh, then, then someone else can fix it for me. I don't have yeah. to do, like, you know, I don't have to look inwards. Mm. And so when people would say, oh, you have stress and anxiety, I was just like, no, that's not the answer. Like, yeah, of course I do. I'm sick mm. now. Or like, yeah, but that's always led me to success. Yeah, yeah. Like I had a... I so, had that was, so that was the blind spot? Yeah, stress I was and anxiety. completely blind to it. Okay. I didn't see what, what, why my body would react that way. When did the penny drop then? Was there a particular uh, moment? Yeah, so um, I showed you the picture before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I woke up and I was prone to cold sores as it was. I was getting cold sores every fortnight, but this cold sore was so dramatic. It took up like a quarter of my face nearly. Yeah, I've seen the picture. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was about three years after, two, three years after I had initially gotten sick. That in holiday. Egypt. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So it was about three years later. And then I finally, after being told by every doctor, every naturopath, every nutritionist, yeah. everyone that you can think of, was like, yeah, stress and anxiety. And then I finally was like, you know what? I've got a degree in physiology. Why don't you go look at what stress does to the body? And mm. that's when I looked at it and was like, oh, mm. stress and anxiety are a little bit more important than, mm. than just, you know, getting me to success. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. So let, let's talk a bit about that self-exploration then. So, mm-hmm. what, so firstly, let, let's just, let's just put, put the basics out there. So what, what's the link between stress and anxiety, you getting cold sores, you feeling that way, those mm-hmm. things. Let's talk a bit about that. And then I'll, I've yeah. definitely got loads of questions for you in terms of how that looks like in the workplace and, and mm-hmm. all these things. So yeah, talk a bit about that. So for me, um, I had to look at how I personally was physically responding sure. to stress and anxiety. So I ended up, I mean, at this stage, my anxiety was through the roof. I didn't yeah. ever... Did you I, know that though? I figured it out towards the end, but when I when it was positive, I didn't see the issue. But yeah, when yeah, it was yeah. negative and I became worried, I started to become like the worry warrior yeah, and yeah, I yeah. was, you know, fearing everything. That's when I was like, there's something actually kind of off. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's when I was like, okay, cool. So when these, so I'd look at situations and then I'd look about how I was physically responding and mm. it was like really looking at how I was feeling and I was like, okay, cool. So this is the physical reaction that I'm getting. So I kind of took a science approach to it yeah, yeah. Um, and then started looking at, well, what can I do to mitigate those? Like, what can I do to stop those stop those things but um the thing is with stress and anxiety is the impact on the body which yeah. no one really knows like when you're stressed or anxious it changes your blood flow it changes your hormones yeah. it changes the biochemical pathways it changes so much inside you that yeah. when you look at it you're like okay cool like stress and anxiety is actually a physical response it's yeah. it isn't we we classify it as a mental health but it is actually a physical response yeah. it's just a fight and flight it's a fight and flight about, right? yeah um and so I looked at that and went and so dove into that. So that, that's the that. relation, isn't it? It's the stress and anxiety. What that's making you experience internally mm-hmm. is that fight and flight thing, which yeah. really, as you said, obviously is, is actually where that's come from is and why we've needed that for so long mm-hmm. is when, yeah, when we were hunter and gatherers and we were running away from tigers or yeah. we heard, some, heard a noise which might be an animal and those things. Yeah, but like the thing is, if you look back when we were hunter and gatherers and we were running away or fighting lions, tigers mm. and bears, it was such a short period of our life. It wasn't yeah. like 
eight, ten hours of our day. It yeah, was realistically yeah, yeah. like a 15 minute to it's half mo- an hour. Be, I can imagine it'd be moments in the day, mightn't it? it well, depending unless you went into a Moments in a, a day line. or moments in a week or moments yeah. in a month, depending yeah. on where well, you are. Well, unless you went in a line infested forest. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So yeah, so it wasn't a frequent, mm. a frequent thing. And so when we look at stress and anxiety now, it is so, it's evolved in such a different way that we're feeling, we might not be in complete fight or flight. Mm. Some people might feel that way every yeah, day. Yeah. But we've changed the scale the scale of it. Instead of being in fight or flight or rest and digest, we've now created a whole different yeah. structure to it. And I think as well, I think, look, I'm no expert at this, but I've, I've, I've listened to so much stuff and tried to self-educate as much mm-hmm. as possible. But obviously that, that whole part of our body, if it's, I don't, you might be able to help me, but mm-hmm. obviously that's one of the most evolved parts of our, as ourselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If it's a, I can't remember if it's the particular part of the brain or whatever, but that part of our nervous system has evolved so much or is the most evolved part and has been the most used over time that that's, that's why obviously it's still effective and still very much used subconsciously and all those things. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say... So basically, so just touch on the, the other bit there, because I found that mm-hmm. really interesting, the rest and digest piece. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the opposite of the fight, fight and flight, flight which yeah. not many, yeah, as you said, when you ask the question, no one actually knew, like you just get taught about the fight and flight and those things. Mm-hmm. So talk a bit about the rest and digest. So obviously, yeah, we're, we're wired away so mm-hmm. then we can react and adrenaline mm-hmm. helps us to get away from the situations, make yeah. the right decision, all that. But what about the rest and digest and why is that important? Yeah, so if we go back to the hunter-gatherer and running away from lions, tigers and bears yeah. um, aspect, once we had run away from that, you know, that stressor, so if we look at the lion, tiger or bear as a stressor, once that's been removed, our body automatically then should go back into a state of rest and digest, rest and digest where yeah. our adrenaline lowers, our heart rate lowers, our cortisol lowers, everything lowers into normal homeostasis, like neutral, yeah, neutral yeah, yeah. basis, where the reason why it's called rest and digest is because our body can go back into rest and repair. So when mm. we're resting, we're repairing our muscles, we're repairing um, you know, things that are our cells, all those types of things. And then again, the digest, digest aspect, we need yeah. to bring the blood flow back to the digestive tract which we've you know obviously used the blood flow for other Mm. other reasons like running away um but we're very rarely getting back into rest and digest a lot of people are not getting fully back into rest and digest in a on a day-to-day basis which Mm. is really scary and this is why so many people are having so many issues sure Cool. So look, let's let's dive into how this all loops back to sort of where you're at now mm-hmm. and sort of the the conversation you're having on a daily basis and the people you're helping and that that's why I was really excited to get you on because I think that <clears throat> I'll be open and honest and when I spoke to you on the phone to talk about getting involved with this, I think it's the whole the whole mental health topic. A lot of yeah. people are talking about it, and more people are talking about it, which is a great great thing. Yeah. Obviously, there's the whole stigma around it and these types of things. But I think it's safe to say that if you look online now, it's, it's also a very easy word to use and mm-hmm. it's a word that will enable you to reach more people and those things. And that isn't to discourage people talking about it, but I think there's there's also a real important factor that obviously when people do talk about it, when they try and talk about it, that there's some real context behind it. And yes. there's actually talking about some practicalities and why people f- why I feel this way, not just mm-hmm. I'm trying to deal with my mental health this week. Okay, well, what do you mean by that? Let's yeah. talk about it and communicate because... Mm-hmm. Um, that does as, as I think you were saying it's like when you were speaking to doctors and those things they were speaking to you in a way that didn't resonate no so the whole mental health um, piece like it needs to try and resonate with as many people as possible so mm-hmm. then they can learn from it and try and change um, and, and make uh, a po- positive habits and these things so 
how so what tell us a bit just lay the field as to like what are you currently doing now and then we'll mm-hmm. talk about some of the most common things you see and, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about those things so what how has all that journey led to what what you do now yeah so I mean obviously I started doing what I was doing to help myself to <laughs> yeah, figure yeah. out okay cool I want to digest food I want to be healthy yeah I, so you was fixing yourself first. I was fixing myself first because I was like I, I can't I can't help anyone else unless I can help myself so once I fixed myself I looked back and I was like Surely I'm not the only one in this yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah. Like, surely I'm not the only corporate person that has stress and anxiety. I'm surely I'm not the only person that has used stress as a positive. Yeah, yeah. And surely I'm not the only person that suffered from physical health issues. Mm. And so what I started doing was creating content based around my journey. Yeah. And then started breaking down and I started breaking down what I did on myself and was like, surely other people are going to find this really helpful yeah. because... For me, I, it has to be practical. There has to be something yeah. that I can do to action. Mm. And that was the p- part about mental health and looking for people to help me that I felt was missing. And I'm not yeah. saying there's no one else out there doing that. No, I just no, didn't yeah, I find it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I tried to make stress and anxiety and create practical tools that you can action yeah. on a day-to-day basis in the moment. So then when you're like, okay, cool, I'm starting to feel stressed and anxious, let's let's put a practical tool on there yeah. that resonates well with people that, you know, maybe some parts of mental health doesn't resonate well with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's what I've done. I've created, I've, what I'm trying to do is trying to make stress and anxiety tangible so you can mm. actually... It's not just a word. It's not yeah. just a, oh, it's a, it's a part of everyday life. Like, I actually make it tangible. Like, what does it mean to you? Like, what does it feel like for you? Let's yeah, figure yeah. that out and let's fix it. So, so tell us a bit about the people that you now help. So, you yeah. work with like, so yeah, so obviously you've ended up working with a lot of um, people in the recruitment background, yep. which makes sense. But tell us a bit about that. So, who are you, who are you helping and talking about stresses and anxiety mm-hmm. and um, digestive health and those things? With yeah, me? so a lot of my clients are CEOs, managing, okay. direct- managing directors. Um, sales directors a lot of people in sales and recruitment yeah, like yeah. you like you mentioned and most of the people that come to me you would never know would be stressed or anxious really? you would never know they mm. like no one would ever t- like you would see them out in public and you'd be like oh you're just happy-go-lucky kind of human yeah, like yeah, you're not yeah. stressed or they so they put a mask on I so can imagine it must be quite hard for people to like admit that they want help as well do you know what yeah. I mean because to get to the point of reaching out for outside help is also a whole another challenge in itself isn't it yeah so um I work with a lot of guys yeah. um that seems to be something that I'm not saying that I don't work with women I do but a yeah. lot of my clients are men sure, sure. so I find that guys find it a little bit more difficult to reach out because mm. they're trying to I mean it's such a taboo topic that's what I'm, I mean I'm, I'm I like the way that mental health is evolving because it is becoming more... Um, it's becoming less of a taboo to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. becoming a bit yeah, more... Yeah, that's a great thing. I think that's perfect. Um, but I think actually reaching out and actioning help is where people... For sure. For, you know, it's great to talk about it, yeah, but yeah. like, what can we put in place to prevent it? Yeah, or what yeah, can yeah. we do to actually fix the root cause of that? Yeah, yeah, um, So they're the kind of people that I do help. Most of the people that I help have start had a very similar story to myself where really? they're like... Stress is a positive and then they've ended up getting burnt out and burnt like burning out and so adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue mm. is such a huge issue at the moment. Mm. Um, what does burnout mean? Is that what, what yeah. you felt like when you was in Fiji? Like, is that literally that? Yeah. So it's a complete mental, physical and emotional exhaustion. Like you really? literally, like, um, mentally it's, you have like a haze, you have a mental, like it's called, like, I for me, it was like mental fatigue. I couldn't think quick. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I always liked to think that I was very quick-witted. <laughs> so um, it was like, it's like everything kind of felt like molasses in my head. And then mm. emotionally, um, you know, you, you are exhausted. So you don't react like 
in a rational way to certain emotions. So you sure. might feel more angry, you might feel more frustrated, um, and you might react in a different yeah, way. Yeah. So that's that's what burnout really is. So what so what are the so the most common things you're seeing mm-hmm. from these types of people? Because look, recruitment is sales and it's stressful. Mm-hmm. It's ups and downs. You're dealing with other people's emotions, you're dealing with your own emotions, those things. So the most common thing that people come into you and saying is that they've used stress as a as a sort of driver yep. and a positive thing. So how? So let's talk a bit about that then. So like, what, what, what do you then need to start talking about? What does the self dialogue need to be? Or I don't know. What, what sort of things do you then need to be talking about if you, if you're someone that uses stress as a positive yeah. thing? So most of the people that reach out to me have either got burnout or they've burnt out and they're trying to rebuild. So okay. I would love to prevent burnout. Too, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get the people that are burnt out. Oh, okay. Um, but realistically, my biggest goal is trying to explain to somebody when I go into, cause I, I mean, I do go into companies and I do yeah. talk to, you know, the sales, the employees and I talk to managers yeah, and yeah. things like that, um, is to get them to understand that if you're a manager and you have a top salesperson, nurture that person's health. Yes, they're getting yeah. you a boatload of money right now, but actually make it sustainable. Like, are mm. they actually at risk of burnout? Because burnout starts off feeling really exciting like when really? the first stage of burnout is excitement really and yeah so it's not a bad thing it feels really good so you're like exactly like if we use my story as an example it's mm. like oh everyone doubts me that excited me and i was like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. everyone wrong and it was really exciting so putting in 12 16 hour days does not feel really that bad yeah okay um so explaining to companies why that is bad and explaining to people going yeah okay cool it's okay to use that excitement for a short period of time, but don't mm. use it as a way. Don't rely on it. Don't rely on it. Don't use mm. it as a fuel because you will end up burning out. And it might not happen overnight. It might actually take years for it to happen, but it will happen. But once you're there, you're there. And it yeah, yeah, takes yeah. a long time to so that's the key that. thing. So ex- excitement. Yeah. What then tends to happen then if you're going down that s- s- So, road. okay, so the second stage, um, what usually happens is is you start getting a little bit tired. Like you start getting the physical feelings of fatigue. So you're like, okay, I've got to work harder. So you put, either put in more time or you mm. just try and be, you try to do more things. You try to be more productive. But what's happening is, is you're not seeing the same results as you maybe had when mm. you were excited. Um, and then you start becoming a little bit more cynical, but then you try and push past that. You yeah, start yeah. going, you know, don't don't quit keep going yeah, like yeah, yeah. don't give up like don't be a quitter like keep going you've got to do this you've got to prove this point and like mm. you know you're trying to get back to that excitement phase you're trying to find a way back there but you just can't get there yeah, so you yeah. keep trying to push forward and then that's when all the physical symptoms start to arise whether it's digestive issues whether it's infla- inflammation, inflammation or you're ill or- insomnia is a big one yeah, yeah. um I hear from a lot of like a lot of people that insomnia is a massive one. Oh, so, I've always yeah. been alright with sleep, but I couldn't think of anything worse than not being able to sleep. It's horrible. It's really I've horrible. had insomnia, and it's it's really I really? had it for around two years. Um, but yeah, it was awful. Really? So yeah. how how can managers like how do they go about trying to communicate? Like, do these managers firstly need to actually be self-educated on yep. this, right? Don't they? They can't just like be like, oh, do you feel burnt out? Or like, do you know what you I mean? You can't ask somebody that because like <laughs> someone's going to be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> so like how, how can people, what are some, like as you said, you're all about the tangible. So how can managers that may not have all the knowledge and those things, like yeah. even trying to approach the subject or like obviously I'm sh- mm-hmm. a huge part of this communication, isn't it? So It's a huge part of communication. So I work with managers on actually how to approach the situation and how to actually spot burnout, nice. how to actually... Let's talk a bit about that then because I think that's yeah, really useful. that is really useful. So for managers, it's looking at their 
you know, if so if you've got somebody in your team that is usually happy-go-lucky, yeah. this is just an example. Someone's really happy-go-lucky and they've always been hitting their targets, they've been really good, but then all of a sudden they start getting a bit more frustrated, a little bit more angry, yeah. they don't come into work, all that kind of stuff. Then I would be broaching that going like, hey, what's going on? Like pulling yeah. them, have an opening, have an open, open door. Open conversation. Open conversation, but have an open door policy as yeah. well for people to feel comfortable coming to you. Um, but nipping it in the bud quicker is going to actually help your staff yeah, yeah. better. But understanding every single person in your team is different. So you've got to figure yeah. out that aspect. That's a whole just management That's skill, management isn't it? Skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I, f- I think can be tough for some managers to for treat sure. everyone differently. So, so I guess, uh, str- like, firstly, you need to cultivate yeah. a, a relationship where mm-hmm. it's like, look, I do manage you and there are targets and those things. However, I am someone that I, I will listen and I, I will yeah, keep my door open. Like, yeah, exactly, be a human. Like, you're a human first. Be a human first. Yeah, exactly. So if you're approaching that way, and I know that might sound like basic management or whatever, but I think that's how you mm-hmm. are going to actually end up having the conversation. So then your your top performer doesn't get signed off for stress. Yeah, things, and that's the biggest thing. Do you know pe- what I mean? Yeah, people are getting signed off more and more. The, the amount of people that's, that I've... It's become a lot more common now, Oh, it? the amount of people... I speak to... You know, let's say if I have 10 conversations a week, nearly half of them have either been signed off or had really? signed people off. Yeah, it's crazy. It's ridiculous how many people are getting signed off um, because of because of burnout, stress and anxiety, um, just unable to cope. So, mm. yeah. So let, let's talk a bit about um, a bit about some of the first places you go. And I know obviously everyone's different and those mm-hmm. things. But again, I love the way that you put it, that you're trying to make these things tangible. And I yeah. think that, that's exactly why I wanted to, to get you on here. Um, so let's say I'm, I'm someone that might be close to burnout or mm-hmm. I am, I'm, I'm thinking about fucking hell, like what is going on here? And mm-hmm. I might have seen someone and I might be on the verge of being signed off for stress or I have been. Yeah. And I come to you, right? And I'm going, mm-hmm. right, look, the, I, I'm struggling. I've been signed off. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. What are the sort of some of the first, pr- the, the first practical habits or rituals that you start to try and ingrain yeah. in these people? Even if you do, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? So what are some yeah. of the things that you start first talking about? And So we first start talking about what are their triggers? Like, what yeah. is like how did they get there? Like, tell mm. me a story. Like, why, how did you get to where you are and why did you get there? Yeah. And sometimes where you think... So triggers got, meaning things that get you in that fight yeah. or flight mode and all those things. Like, yeah? what excited you? Because it's very easy to not even know what they are, isn't it? Yeah. Just so you're like, just going people, on, but life by life, da, 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 yeah, day by just, day, yeah, and you, you have no idea. idea. Yeah, no okay, idea. cool. So you look at triggers. Yeah, look at them. Um, okay. And then I think the biggest thing is... It depends on where the person's at. So if someone's okay. physically really unwell, yeah. we can't do that. We have to get them physically fit enough. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. Because most of their thought pattern is, I just want to feel good. Can yeah, you make yeah, me yeah. feel good? That's fair good? enough. So you got to go there straight away. That's so fair I enough. go there straight away, which is which is really beneficial being a nutritionist, being able to look at it as a holistic approach. So we look at how we can get them to feel better. So whether we can get them to look at, if your digestion's off, let's look at what's going on with the digestion. Let's fix that. Yeah. And then what we start doing is create the dialogue based around um, everyday life. Like, what do you do every day? Like, yeah. how? Like, talk to me about your normal day. Yeah, tell me. Like, yeah, tell me about your day. Yeah. And then what we do is we look at different areas that they need to just tweak. I don't want to overhaul your life because that's just not going to work. Yeah, of course. Like, cool. we need to like. But you've got to find some key areas where that yeah. might be the big reason. So sometimes we start off with little things or big things. It depends on the person. But I find that I can usually figure out where. Okay, cool. This is one of your biggest areas. Let's focus on that. And mm. let's fix that, and then we work. We work. What's been them. some of the most common areas then that you've seen that keep um, coming up a lot? Sleep and lack of rest. People don't really? have a rest, or they don't understand what rest is. Which I, which you would think is common. But people what is don't. rest? Talk to me. What is rest? Um, Enlighten us. So it's interesting when I speak to really like 
like I said, people that are highly motivated, usually they go to, they do their job, but they go home and they do more work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or their weekend's I'm one of those, with, I'm one of those yeah, people. Yeah, right, right? And so their weekend, you think, what do you do on the weekend? It's like, well, I get up really early, I do a workout, I, you know, I, I go and do some work and then I work on the house and I'm like, so when are you not moving? Like, when are you not using adrenaline? Mm. When are you not using cortisol? And they're yeah. like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, what do you mean? Like, I don't feel comfortable just sitting on the couch. It's like, well, do you do anything where you're, where you actually feel relaxed? No, I feel it being like, you know, feeling relaxed usually gives me anxiety. And so yeah, we yeah. have to work from that space. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. okay, cool. We need to fix that. Like, that's something we need to fix. We need to get you to be comfortable so you actually feel okay to rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's sometimes where I have to that's start. Fair that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. And I can see why a lot of people struggle with that. Like, totally. I mean, I, I struggled see. with it. Like, I yeah, hate, yeah. I used I to, um, I used to link relaxing with laziness. Yeah. And that was my pet. I hated feeling like I was being lazy. Yeah, because it's so easy to sit there and go, fuck, I'm not doing this. Oh my God, I could be doing that. Oh my God, I could be yeah. doing that. Yeah. Which so. is obviously not a good thing. So what is, so how would you encourage someone to rest then? Do you know what I mean? So yeah, so people aren't resting. Yeah. Firstly. So the first thing that we do is we I educate them on why they feel anxious. Okay. On why you rest. Like when you're resting and you're feeling anxious, this is why. So we talk mm. about the reasons. Mm. Um, and then what we do is we give little challenges. It's like, okay, cool. Like depending on the person, yeah. we work on what they can be doing, whether it's like half an hour a day yeah, or yeah, half yeah. an hour a week or something like that and we work up depending on the person and depending yeah, yeah, on how course, they respond um, but yeah so the first sometimes that's the first thing that we have to, to work on and, and just working it as a whole right yeah, like yeah, getting yeah. everything balanced so mm. maybe if you're somebody that trains seven days a week works yeah. you know seven days a week maybe we change some of those training sessions yeah, yeah, yeah. those types of things and then how what about sleep then because that's I'm sure that's common like as I said I'm like, like my, I'm a pretty good sleeper but yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that do find it hard to sleep especially in recruitment because I, I know when I was in recruitment <laughs> I was thinking if that deal was coming in or not before I went, before I closed my eyes, it's very easy to do that. Yeah, you're running all through the like the what ifs. Yeah, and the snows, literally. It's so like, easy. What if they don't accept? What literally. if they do accept? What if that, they get counted? That's often? the thing. It's that, and because it's people. Yeah. It's you're just so much more emotionally invested. Like that. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Like it's the greatest thing about it because you know if that person does get that job, but how happy you, how happy you be for them and all those things. But at the same time, you're thinking, fuck, how let down they're gonna be and all those things. Yeah. So like, how how do you try and impact sleep then? So with people with sleep, it really depends. Like. I usually start off with, so I'm no sleep expert. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah no, cool. But, but just I some of the things the that you've helped people with. Yeah. Aspect of it, so I try and like if they're anxious about it, I'm like, okay, cool. Let's figure out how to get you to switch off. Yeah, yeah. Most of the people that I work with, the first thing that I talk to them about is like, do you struggle getting to sleep or do you struggle staying? Yeah, it's to sleep? different, because isn't it's it? Different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if you're can get to sleep but you're waking up. Um, in the middle, like you're waking up at like two in the morning, I'm like, I am ready and raring to go. Okay, yeah. cool. We need to fix your cortisol and we're going to yeah. figure that out first. That's more physical. Yeah, that's a physical aspect. But if you're struggling to get to sleep, that can be physical. Switch at, yeah, 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 that yeah. can be mental. So figuring, giving them tools and techniques to actually help them switch off. Um, and that can, that can differ for a lot of people. So mm. some people... Yeah, it's just figuring out how to word things to them sometimes. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, getting them to switch off um, and actually creating a different routine for them. Yeah, to yeah actually, cool. I like that. Yeah. So, so you would have tried to figure out my triggers and all those mm-hmm. things. We'd have had a conversation. So then, and then what, what what's other things then do you end up leading on to? Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. Like if, if you've then figured out that for me, my, my trigger is, I don't know, get like commuting every day. That fucking triggers the fuck out of me and I'm yeah. just stressed at all these things. Or it might be my managers keep trying to micromanage me and mm-hmm. he's telling me what to do and I hate it, the, the, yeah. those things. And that's setting me off, but I don't really communicate it, all those things. Like, yeah. 
What, what do you then try and break down next? So usually we prevent the physical symptoms of stress and anxiety. And then we actually work on all the different areas. Nice. So like for some people, it's actually getting them to better communicate. Like nice. how do you actually communicate with people? Yeah. And some, that's the biggest part. It's like yeah, communication. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I don't want to say this because I don't want to upset somebody. It's like, well, why don't you say it like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or getting people to take a step back and looking at situations mm. differently. But communication is a massive one. Of course it is. Um, for some of my managing directors and CEOs, we have to actually fix their time pro- problem. So I actually really? help them with their businesses. So we put business structures in place to give them more time or to actually help benefit their employees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I do a bit of business stuff with them. Nice. But it's figuring it out. One of my clients... Um, you know, is a traveler. So we have to figure out his travel. Yeah. yeah, Nice. Cool. Let's talk a bit about some, um, practical rituals and habits. Cause I know you mentioned meditation. Mm -hmm. I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast. So Mm -hmm. how, um, do you, do you speak to many people about meditation? Yeah. Really? So meditation is something that's really interesting. So I remember when someone like when someone goes, you should go meditate. And I was like, okay, because I'm a very literal human, I would then go, okay, this 30 minutes is going to be for my meditation. And that's what it is. And then I'll go journal. And I was very structured and I was very rigid with it. So (laughs) it was probably not the best way to go about it. Straight away into a 30 minute meditation. Yeah. I just go straight into it. Jesus Christ. I just, when I go in, I go all in. Like (laughs) I'm not, I just dabble my toes into it. Yeah. Um, but what I ended up doing was actually not understanding the purpose of meditation. So I try to, make meditation like what's the purpose of it and i explain the purpose of it and i make it practical rather than yeah oh it's just to stop thinking it's like yeah that is one of the goals but there is other ways to yeah well see people so i've been meditating for over three years now and people obviously think you sit there and don't think i know but it's totally wrong obviously so yeah it's very much as you as you said when when um, you had to talk to everyone and stuff it's it's really cultivating that self-awareness yeah um and i think in life but also in recruitment and sales that that really helped me um i had someone on here previously where he said if you were to go back the biggest thing that you change or get into the mindset of earlier was having accountability yeah and that that's that's the self-awareness because when you're early on or you can go through life in this mindset and that, that's mm-hmm. the victim mindset it's yep. uh, as you said it's you're reacting you're mm-hmm. reacting to everything outside of you when in actual fact when you realize that you have the self-awareness to you choose how you react yeah right? that's the biggest mindset mindset uh, yeah. change but meditation how it helped me and you'll be able to hopefully elaborate on this but um to be able to actually um take a step back mm-hmm. and actually look at oh hang on a minute i'm getting really stressed these mm-hmm. things and also oh hang on a minute like no i shouldn't react like that or i should do these yeah. things it's actually just cultivating being able to take that step back and have that yeah. self-awareness so has that helped a lot of people and the people yeah. that you speak to it's it's interesting so when you take a step back and you actually look at the situation as a whole it's usually not as bad as you think yeah, so exactly. meditation is great to get you into that mindset and it's not just you only do it when you're meditating. It actually no. brings it into when, when you get really into it, it actually, you start being able to take the step back in moments where you're yeah, like, definitely. Oh, okay. So that candidate didn't accept. And then you start going to that. But why? Like, what could yeah, I have done differently? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the coulda, shoulda, woulda. You can catch yourself. Like I've had it before. It's, it's, it's about, it's about being present, right. And, and coming yeah. back and focusing on your breath and those things. But it's exactly what you just said. It's like, you can, yeah, you're more curious and wanting to actually know, okay, why did that happen? Those things. Mm-hmm. But also when you, you do really um, practice that habit is that, you can catch yourself getting away from the moment. So like yeah. if you're doing something with your partner or you're with your friends or whatever mm-hmm. and you're reaching for your phone or you're thinking mm-hmm. about it, it's like, oh shit, 
I need to get back to where I'm at and, and enjoy yeah. this. You know what I mean? And that that helps when you're stressed and those things, right? Yeah, Surely. absolutely. I mean, I remember when I was really, really stressed out and I was real. Like, I just really wanted to do well. And this was out of recruitment. This is still sales. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure my boyfriend wanted to break up with me because <laughs> I was just so not in the moment with him. Like, yeah. I was so wanting to make as many deals as I could. And I was constantly on my phone. Like I was like, I'm, you know, emailing people at 12 o'clock at night yeah, and like yeah, yeah. taking phone calls at 10. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I felt crazy. Like yeah, I was just yeah. like, what am I doing? I don't need to be doing this. And having that ability to take a step back and actually realize, hey, sitting in bed and trying to go to sleep while my boyfriend's trying to have a conversation with me, it's probably not the best time to be sending an email. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. be in that moment with yeah. those people. So you speak about meditation a lot. Yes. Anything else? Um, meditation, we talk about diet, self-awareness, communication, um, actually proper goal setting. Like mm. what's an actual rational goal setting? I do a lot on accountability okay. um, and actually how to take responsibility for your actions. And nice. I think I remember when I was first in recruitment, if it was always someone else's problem or someone yeah, else's yeah, fault. And it's so easy to point the finger. It's like, oh yeah, well, my candidate didn't do what I asked them to do. It's like, well, how could I have done something different yeah, and yeah. take more well, when you when, when you blame, you're always going to be 100% right. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, so how do you call, like, what's a bit, some practical things to cultivate that? Do you know what I mean? Because a lot I, of people yeah, are in that mindset. It's the, it's, the, it's the catching yourself when you're saying that. Yeah. It's like when you're about to blame somebody, take, Go it's back like, hang, on hang on a second. What, what could I have yeah. done? So when you're about to blame, it's getting out of that victim mindset, yeah, yeah. Um, which can be tough. Um, yeah, it's tough. But, but again, I think the start is just actually recognizing that you're doing that, isn't it? Yeah. And the other thing that I would actually say is monitor your self-talk. Yeah. So like I like we were talking about just before, um, you know, what was my mindset when I was wanting to yeah. slow down? It's like, don't be weak. Like, keep yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. monitor that because that's really negative. Like, yeah. even though that's like the drive through and, you know, you listen to all the motivational speakers, it's like, you've got to quash that like yeah, weak yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah. It's like, sometimes it's that's your body going, hey, I'm struggling. Like, mm. actually listen to that and actually go, am I, is it actually coming mm. from a place of I just want to rest or yeah, yeah. is it I actually need to rest? Like, what mm. is it? Um, and I think that, that you've got to be really careful with that. So, I mean, a lot of the people that are very motivated when they when their body starts to give up on them, they think they're being weak. It's like yeah, oh, your yeah, body just needs that. to rest. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. So look, if you're listening and you're interested about meditation, those things, I know you mentioned it in the talk, but yeah. I um, I started on Headspace. That that yep. that works a lot for me. I haven't tried Calm. I don't know if you have. Yeah. Is that, is that so <laughs> I've used both, um, okay. and I I just say to my clients, just give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Smack bang 50-50, my clients will either love Headspace, hate Calm, love Calm, yeah. hate Headspace. Or there's loads of stuff on YouTube. Like, I've been using some yeah, stuff YouTube, on YouTube Yeah, YouTube, I recently. haven't used YouTube as much, but, um, yeah. If, if well, I went, to, so, <clears throat> as I was telling you, I posted it on LinkedIn and stuff, but I went to, um, look, I love all of this stuff, and I think, for mm-hmm. me, I just had a, a bit of an epiphany, like, four years ago, that the best investment I can make is in myself. Yeah, for sure. And that was, well, it, it seems simple, but I didn't know that before. <laughs> it seems I, so, it, I mean, let's talk about what happened with me. So that's I what I mean, yeah. yeah. So like, I didn't know that before. I was, I was, look, classic, just teenager, young, 20-year-old, concerned yeah. about other people's opinions, just worried about how many girls I slept with and all those things. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that, um, Tony Robbins it was one of the person that I first got onto and read one of his books. And then I went to a seminar recently and, we did this, uh, he does quite a few group meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls it priming. 
Yeah. Because he's all about the state and changing your physiology and mm-hmm. what things you focus on. So all the things that we're talking about here, but mm-hmm. really changing the physiology. So there's a really good one on YouTube that I've done for the last two weeks now. Um, it's like 15 minutes that oh, he cool. pretty much does these things. And it's involved in your breath and moving your body. And mm-hmm. then you start thinking about what you're grateful for and these things. So yeah. go check that out. Um, definitely. Um, what I was going to say, is there anything else? So maybe, I know we mentioned, some people might get a lot of value out of this. So mm-hmm. um, diet is obviously a huge thing, right? We were, t- huge, we were yeah. talking about, obviously, you were saying that you try and get, encourage your clients to do intermittent fast. Yep. So let's talk a bit about that because I think yeah. that's become a bit more popular. So mm-hmm. what, like, how does, it, how does that help some of your clients? Because again, some people think, no, fuck that, I need breakfast. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, how does that help some of your clients? I think for some of my clients, it's actually given them the permission to not have to eat breakfast. So nice. they don't, they've taken away the guilt I was like, I just, I didn't have breakfast today. Yeah, I'm really sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. So it's given them the permission. <laughs> yeah, but true, others, actually. but for others, it's just aided their digestion. It's increased their focus, their concentration. Yeah. A lot of the people, um, a lot of people might find intermittent fasting really beneficial if you're a morning person because you can get yeah. so much more done. Yeah, I'm definitely that person. Yeah, I'm the same. So intermittent, intermittent fasting is like really good for that but it really does a digestion it gives you a digestive tract actual rest rest yeah exactly. it gives it a rest because that's the thing like that that when i started looking into it and those things and i, I played around with it and i, I as i sent you i don't eat until 12 mm-hmm. and that's just worked for me because i feel more focused concentration on those things but if you actually think about it, it's like how many times do you eat a day mm-hmm. and it's like i know there's loads of information out there but like if you're literally eating every like couple of hours, nibbling here snacks, like you actually do not let your body, rest. your digestive system rest. And it's <laughs> like, when the fuck does it rest? Exactly. You, and even yeah. when, like, if you eat something right before you go to sleep or whatever, like that, your digestive system might not even be resting then because the things you're eating is still breaking it down and all those things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you're stressed or anxious, like we mentioned, um, you're not digesting food as it is because your blood, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of blood flow yeah. to digest food. So if you're stressed or anxious and that blood flow is going to other parts of your body, like your hands, your legs and all those kind of yeah, things, yeah. you're not digesting food anyway. So mm. we need to give your body a bit of a break. Yeah, like yeah. let's actually fix it that so way. What, what should, what should you be doing during those periods you're not eating? Drinking water. Just drinking water. Just drinking water. Um, I, I, for me, I don't cut out caffeine. I understand. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, people. I, I have. I have black coffee it. with coconut oil. So it's a bit like oh, there's a few oh, things about that. It's a bit that. keto, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's nice I just do black. I actually literally will not take in any calories. Um, and I say no calories. Just black coffee. If you want to do tea, you can do tea. Yeah, yeah. But um, just water. And yeah, just keep hydrated. Just keep hydrated, really. And so, if someone wants to try that, and someone in the office goes, "What are you doing, you weirdo? Why aren't you having breakfast and all that?" What's the perfect answer? Um, what is my, oh, I'm trying to think of when someone says that, that cause if, you, if someone goes in tomorrow and goes, Oh, listen to this podcast and you know what? I'm actually <laughs> like, yeah, like, do oh, you know and what then I mean? people go, okay, okay. I've got it. I've got it. Go on, go on. So when people, um, I remember when people like, but breakfast is the most important part of the yeah, day. Yeah, like yeah. why, why are you missing yeah, breakfast? Yeah, yeah. No, breakfast became the most important part of the day because Kellogg's, um, came up with a marketing a marketing um, program to say breakfast is the most important part of the day. So you should eat our cereal. Um, But Kellogg's was also obsessed with people not masturbating. So I always just, so I always talk about that. Yeah. Nice. Um, And that you should shut some right up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, I just say it's no, it's not, it's not the most important part of the day. It's just breaking your fast. Like it's not breakfast is not, not yeah. the most important part of the, nice. of the day. Yeah, no, because I've experienced that and I know people will experience that because it's like, that's all, especially in like recruitment and stuff, it's like you go in the office, you're like, yeah, not having breakfast today. It's like, what? Why? Oh, you got to, you got to keep up your energy. It's that's like, yeah, I mean. but 
I will admit, the first few days of intermittent fasting, you, you're not going to feel mm. great. Like, I remember the, the first four days are just tough, but it's just your body adapting and getting used to it. But, yeah, people just really need to mind their own business. Well, I think it's nutrition. even like, even if you don't eat just for a, a period of time, is it's beneficial, isn't it? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Instead of just, as you soon as you wake to, up, yeah. right, okay, what can I shove in my mouth? Okay, next two hours, what can I shove in my mouth? Do I actually just have a bit of a break? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you don't have to not have breakfast. You could choose not to have dinner. Like, you don't have yeah, to do it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like, choose the times that you want to do. That's just quite common, isn't um, it? But it's, it's being able to, like, I actually think it's really good also, um, to help with hunger pangs. Mm. So my boyfriend and I always talked about um, how we'd get the hangries. Mm. And intermittent fasting actually doesn't give us the hangries anymore. So yeah, it yeah. actually helps us with that. Nice. I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And also I travel a lot. So for me, when I'm traveling, it actually just resets everything real quick. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Look, we've spoken about a lot. We have. So let, let's just wrap it around. As, as I said, I'll, I'll keep coming back to it because I, I love it. It's like making it into tangibles, right? Let's just wrap it up with... Yep. Some real, I don't know, some common, th- like just anything that I guess some practical things that can help. If I'm someone that I do mm-hmm. feel like I'm getting quite a lot of stress, like dealing mm-hmm. with a lot of stress at the moment, or I, do, I am quite anxious quite a lot of those things. Like, mm-hmm. what are your sort of go-tos to, to communicate to those people that are listening that yeah. I guess hopefully might help them in some way? Besides obviously coming to you and asking yeah. if you can help. But <laughs> yeah, any, any like just, yeah, let's just wrap it up around there. And yeah, so... I'll give you a couple of things that you should do. So cool. definitely download the um, the Headspace app, nice, the Calm yeah. app. Do the meditation. Five ten minutes a day is fine. Yeah, I, Tony Robbins says if you haven't got ten minutes, you haven't got a life. Exactly. I love that. Do you know what I mean? I if you have that. not got ten minutes to do that and sit down, you have not got a life. So really, well, give it a go, people. Here. It does help genuinely. Yeah, no, it really does. Um, you just have to prioritize it. The other big thing that I would really suggest is free writing. That's something that. Yeah, I was going to say journaling yeah. has helped me. I've journaled for the last three or so years. It's helped a lot. Yeah, so free writing is a bit differently. So okay, actually, so, yeah. so free writing is you're sitting in front of a piece of paper and with a pen, clearly, um, <laughs> or a laptop. If you want to yeah, do it on yeah. your laptop, you can do it on that. But it's not thinking about what you want to write. It's just writing it writing down. The, nice. Just writing it down. Nice. And it's kind of like tapping into your subconscious a little bit. Yeah. And it's interesting just what, comes out. what comes out. Yeah, and then like, when you read it, you're like, okay, that's nice. My, my friend has actually tried that. And he's he then he suggested it to me. He's done that, yeah. And then he's burnt the paper because there's something around like just I don't know. You feel like oh, you okay, I've let that it. off. Go now. Yeah. Obviously, I know that was just added. Some of my friends told me he did yeah, that. You he did can that. do that. Um, he said he but, felt good about. about but the it. other thing is as well. Um, is really start paying attention to your health and to start yeah. really listening to what your body's doing. If you are getting sick frequently, yeah. don't ignore it. Don't, yeah, don't just keep things. pushing it back yeah. and say, oh, no, it's okay, I'll deal with it. Because, as you <laughs> like, yeah, the last thing that you want ultimately is for there to be a point where you're like, you, you are yeah. really sick and those things. And there's nothing work because you you then beat yourself up even more. I bet whenever I'm yeah. sick, I'm like, fuck's sake, I was really good. I was, like, I was in the moment with the gym and all that. But So don't just keep pushing it back yeah. and not feel like you have to deal with it. That's the biggest part. Yeah, okay, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how young you are or whatever. Like, don't keep just making excuses for that. Like, if you are starting to get sick frequently, actually take note of that. Your body actually is giving you signs. Yeah, so yeah. start listening to your body. Mm. Um, don't just think like, oh, I'll get over it. I'll just, it'll be fine. If you're not getting over something, there's actually something going on and your yeah, body's yeah. actually asking you to pay attention to it. So yeah. pay attention to it is what the other thing I would be saying. So meditation, free writing. And listen to your body. And listen to your body, yeah? Yeah. Cool. So lastly, what... Um, how can tell me a bit about um, you like as in where what you're excited about and where people can find you and those things and yeah call it so um, you can find me you can go to my website which is just katiemaycock.com I yeah. can give you the links to that and 
I'm actually on LinkedIn a lot, so I yeah, actually... Yeah, po- you produce quite a bit of content, don't you? I do produce a bit of content, so a lot of videos go up on Has LinkedIn. Has that helped you? Yeah. Get clients and customers? I think it's given people, I was like, oh, I feel that way. I didn't yeah, someone yeah, else felt resonates. that way too. So, nice. um, yeah, I put out put out quite a bit of content of videos and blogs and all those kind of things. So, yeah. you can go check them out on LinkedIn. They're all over there um, on my website. So, I put them on both. Cool. Um, I'm not very good at Instagram and all that kind of stuff. So, don't, don't you yeah. can follow my Instagram. I'm not, that very, okay. I'm not very good at it. So, Fair yeah. enough. Cool. And um, what I was going to say, what, what are you excited about then? What's going on? Like, what are you excited about in your world? Because obviously, this is, I know you haven't been doing it for. Yeah. Like loads of times. Yeah. So I've just developed an eight week program for corporate companies, nice. which I'm really excited about. So I was doing a lot of one-on-one stuff, which has been great. Yeah. Um, but I wanted, to, I want to impact more people. Yeah. Nice. So if I can go into companies and actually help their employees and prevent burnout, that's really beneficial, not only for the humans that are in those companies, yeah. but it's good for the companies as well. You're Love not that. signing people off for burnout yeah, you're actually yeah, yeah. being proactive with stress and anxiety so Love that. I've just created a program on that cool I always ask um, this question it'll be the last question okay is <clears throat> we'll, we'll make it slightly different but, but I always ask people like if you could communicate to every recruiter and they'd listen mm-hmm. to you like what would you say that's normally always from a recruitment mm-hmm. sales perspective but maybe let's let's put it on a slant of sort of stress, anxiety mm-hmm. and the things that obviously you love talking about and why you want to help people. So if you could communicate to everyone, I know we sort of wrapped out your key things that you would say, but what, what would you communicate to everyone if everyone would listen and take on your advice tomorrow? What would you say? It could be a yeah, phrase. Look, recruitment should be fun. Like recruitment mm. can be fun. Recruitment can be positive. It shouldn't be stressful. Like mm. finding the positives and reframing negatives into positives and knowing when to slow down and when to speed up and knowing where you are on the roller coaster and not trying to fight it mm. is what I'd be what I'd be saying. Like this is your life. Like re- recruitment's a job, and it should be fun. You should be enjoying it, and it can be a really good job to have. Yeah. So find the positives in it, and like go over the negatives, and and look for those types of ways and managing those stress, and actually seeking out those ways to actually overcome those overcome stressful them, situations. Yeah. So you can have more fun. Yeah, love that. Um, look. People, I hope um, you've enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed that. Um, slightly different, but uh, hopefully that um, a lot of people get uh, a lot yeah. out of that. I hope so. So feedback is um, very much welcome on this episode because it was a slightly different one. But um, Katie, thanks for um, coming. Thank I really appreciate it. Appreciate it too.